This is LGBT Time with Chuck on WERU-FM 89.9. This is a youth-led podcast that is produced by OutMaine. Today on LGBT Time, we will be listening to part two of the That Podcast. Special thanks to Grace Hansen for producing the podcast. Uh, Yeah, I am uh, gender fluid. My pronouns are uh, they, them, theirs. And I don't really experience gender as one flat out thing. If someone were to ask me that in in a social setting, I, I would say that I'm a man with transgender history on legal forms. I list myself as male. So I am a transgender man. I like to say man because I'm an adult. Uh, I think I think lately I've been going with the gender fluid mm. label. Um, I identify as a transgender male. Welcome to Trans Health Action Team, or That Podcast. Our mission is to help educate and expose Maine healthcare practitioners to trans-competent work. In the following segment, you'll hear stories and experiences from each of our team members. All of them come from different areas of Maine and cover a diverse age range. Yeah, so I'm 27 years old. I'm 21. Because I'm 19. I'm 16. I'm 25. The group was formed and facilitated by OutMaine, a nonprofit with an ambitious goal to create more welcoming and affirming communities for Maine's diverse queer youth in all of their intersectional identities. The nonprofit seeks to change the very systems that serve them schools, healthcare, foster care, community organizations, and more. In this podcast, we focus on the health care that is provided to trans youth in our state and how it could be improved. Quick aside and warning, due to the fact that this podcast was produced in April of 2021, all of these interviews and discussions took place over Zoom, and so there are occasional background noises, audio imperfections, and the occasional email notification popping up. John, Will, I want to thank you both for really calling attention to the more beautiful or positive experiences that can come from the trans experience that aren't so heavily devastating. Uh, I would like you to expand on that a little more if you could and maybe talk about some really positive experiences you've had with healthcare, with providers, and what made those experiences so impactful and positive for you as a trans patient. I had, um, I started going to an endocrinologist when I was 14, so very shortly after I came out, because uh, I wanted to do hormone therapy. I wanted to do hormone replacement therapy. I wanted to like do something because I was miserable. And um, I couldn't do hormones until I was 16 because that was the legal age. Um, But I remember I was in an appointment with my endocrinologist, she was like the love of my life. I loved her so much. She was so nice, um, super, super sweet and really kind and understanding. Um, and my mom and I were talking to her about, uh, some like anxiety I was having and some like emotional stuff, mental health stuff, which isn't her field of work. <laughs> But um, she listened because um, we didn't know who to tell. 
Um, and my mom actually looked at her and was like, she said the same thing she said to me, which is how much of this do you think is like him just being, you know, a teenager. And it made me so angry when she said that. And I was like, I knew she was going to say that. And she said that so many times, still says it, whatever. Um, and my medical professional, my endocrinologist, she said, John has gender dysphoria, which is very bad and very harmful and very scary and anxiety and all these other things. And you need to like get in order because, because like <laughs> that has nothing to do with him being a teenager. You need to listen to him. That was very, uh, validating for me and I think I really really needed her because she validated a lot of concerns and a lot of other health problems I had and she was just like no you need to listen to yourself if something's wrong and she made me feel like my health is very very important and I didn't I don't think I thought that I don't think I ever thought that And that made me want to, like, talk to her about stuff. That made me want to tell her literally things I never told anyone else. Because she was mentally and physically present. Yeah, and what an amazing experience for you at such a young age to be taken seriously and affirmed that you have control over your own body. That's really, really awesome. Exactly. It's like I had never, I don't think I had ever experienced anything so, like in my life, so validating Mm. to say that you are a human being. It doesn't matter, you know, that you're trans. It doesn't matter that, you know, maybe you're queer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to treat you. You're my patient and I care about you and your well being. I hate to dampen the mood, but (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned that you've uh, never really received that same level of positivity that you did from that endocrinologist. Uh, Can you tell me about a more negative experience you've had with either a healthcare provider or a mental health provider? I can. So um, I had top surgery very recently about, I actually just had, um, my three month appointment yesterday (laughs) and like, everything's good. Everything's great. So that's nice. I went to my new PCP that I thought I had seen but I guess I hadn't. So this was an, um, altogether new person. I guess she, you know, as one does read my chart and saw, um, that I had had top surgery um, and felt it, uh, what's the word, appropriate, excuse me, to tell me anyone who is 19 know what they're doing and make such a big decision talking about surgery 
like that at such like I didn't know what I was doing at 19 how could you and then looks at me and says oh but like no offense whoa (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and she actually told me when I was there that she had um multiple trans patients and then made a remark like I don't know why and started laughing um and all I could think of was my head is I don't know why either they should freaking be running from you my god <laughs> I, I saw a therapist from a pretty young age because I was very depressed um which is you know uh, an intersection of a lot of different things that were going on in my life at the time and my environment um, in the ways it wasn't wasn't supporting me. And I distinctly remember my therapist in middle school. Uh, I had a conversation with her where I think it, I think it was two separate conversations. One of them I said I think I might be gay, and the other one I said I think I might be trans. And both times she said, mm, "I don't think so." Uh, she said, "I'm I deal with a lot of transgender." I mean, realistically, she probably said transsexual because that's the way it was talked about by then. She said, I deal with a lot of gender variant children. I know what the signs are, and I don't see that happening for you. And, you know, being a complacent, freaked out child, I didn't question that. And I kind of put that thought in my back pocket, and I carried that with me for another... 15 years. Um, So I I would say that's definitely a a situation in which a mental health provider uh, grossly failed and bungled what could have been a really productive and wonderful experience for me. And instead, it it really uh, pushed me pretty deep in the closet for, for quite a while. But it does show very plainly the scope of what a single provider's uh, reach can have yeah. on on the course of a young person's life and their journey with gender identity. The negative uh, the negative experiences I've had with healthcare providers have not been in have been in Maine have been exclusively in Maine, um, which is which is a bummer because I want to think that our state is better than that and I think we are. Um, it just takes it takes some work and it takes some research, some homework. Um, <laughs> and Morgan, would you say that you share similar experiences? Uh, the, the original person I started going through, uh, he was very, he wasn't really understanding at all. And he kind of pushed it to the side a lot. Mm. And that was two of the things I wanted to talk about was being more comfortable about my gender identity. But he kind of pushed the sidelines because he was uncomfortable talking about it. Mm. Luckily, uh, I go through a new therapist now, and she's much more understanding of it. Although she doesn't understand a lot about it, she's actively seeking out more knowledge and isn't trying to um, personally go through me about what it is as a whole. Mm-hmm. She first look at things come back with me say, okay, do you experience these things or is your experience a little bit different? Tell me about that experience and then I can help you on that. Yeah. So it sounds like the major difference between your negative and positive experience is really just whether or not your provider was willing to learn with you. 
Exactly. And sometimes that's all it takes. If, they're, if they haven't been properly educated, self-educate. Self-educate yourself on these uh, things. So that way you can help your patient with whatever they're going. Don't leave them in the dark because that's not helping anyone. Yeah. And how did that negative experience impact you at that time? I'd say it kind of made me feel, it made me feel like, what's the point of even doing this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Why should I even try to seek out help if they're not even going to acknowledge that one of the biggest things I need help on, one of the things I need a little bit more reassurance about and ways that I can kind of explore it a little bit more. When a healthcare professional is not transcompetent, it's the kind of look of, of surprise on their mm-hmm. face when you stand up and you're called and you're, you're sitting in a room of women <laughs> who are there because they're pregnant and you're, you know, like marching in um, to, you know, to see a gynecologist. That is pretty, is pretty difficult. And, you know, part of me says, you know what, we got to kind of just accept the way things are because it's, it's not, it's not, uh, there isn't a way to go about it delicately, but then I say, actually, there, there are plenty of ways to go about it delicately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very clear to me when a medical professional is set in their ways. It's very, very obvious to me when someone is not ready to change their mind about something, which in medicine seems a little striking and inappropriate to me. Um, but that, that kind of feeling in the pit of my stomach where, I'm sitting down with someone who's who's supposed to be the expert, and it's very clear that uh, I'm going to need to be doing a lot of the emotional labor. Being able to be there with someone who doesn't understand it but is willing to learn is great. Um, know, knowing that they're there for you and that um, you don't have to worry about... Uh, a barrier because they're always going to be willing to talk through it. Mm. Um, Those are all things you want in a therapist anyway. Absolutely. I want to thank each of you for sharing your stories with me today. And before we wrap this up, uh, my final question for you all would be if you could tell a healthcare provider, physical, emotional, behavioral, mental, one thing about how to improve the trans healthcare experience, what would you tell them? The first word that comes to mind is listen. Great. Listen and don't talk for people or in place of them just listen be open um be willing and be willing to put in the time and effort to learn and grow you know don't think that you know everything because you're not even if you're like really high highly educated and you still have new things to learn about just really be open open-minded i think mostly just like taking you know a little time to just educate themselves and 
Um, just being open-minded and supportive. I think that there are more healthcare providers and therapists now, but still not enough for the amount of people who are coming out either as trans or anywhere on the spectrum or in the community. Um, and I think that, you know, like read a book, Google stuff. We have internet, which is amazing. Like you can find <laughs> anything you want and it's not something to be afraid of treating or helping a trans person. It's just, you know, just because you don't know, doesn't mean you should be afraid. I think that, you know, take a little time to educate yourself and embrace what you can give to people. Try try to do some research. Research, please. Um, if you have not been taught or educated in the field of LGBT plus issues, research it. It'll be a life changer for those who are looking for help. Someone who wants to be more trans competent can start being more trans competent today. You know, it does not need to be a, a long process. It can be a very simple, straightforward, let's start today. Like, let's just do some Googling. Let's, you know, talk to some people who want to share their information, such as I mean, <laughs> it's very easy, very easy. <laughs> Everyone wants to feel like they're normal, right? That's why we go to the doctor, is so that we can feel like we're not the only person on planet Earth that is experiencing something physical or emotional. And I really believe that it is possible for everyone to receive that kind of treatment. And I'm hopeful and waiting for some of the old school folks to, to get on board, you know? <laughs> like, that's what the goal is, you know? As Will said, for more information, you can visit the OutMain website at outmain.org. That's O-U-T-M-A-I-N-E dot org. This podcast was made possible by support from the Maine Health Access Foundation. Thank you all for listening in with us today. Let's build a better world together. What follows is a rare, unaired recording of the LGBT time crew talking about coffee. Okay, my opinion on coffee, and this may be drastic, oh boy. but I think hot coffee is garbage. I'm sorry, except I'm not sorry because I drink iced coffee every, all year, every year. Doesn't matter if it's decaf, it doesn't matter if it's cold brew, doesn't matter if the ice is melted and it's slush. I drink iced coffee all year and I don't care because it's so good and it being cold is amazing. And then when I drink hot coffee, nothing happens. Like it, like my world is the same. Nothing feels better, nothing's like greater. It's trash, it doesn't taste good. Stuff gets burnt. I know how to make coffee. I made it for relatives before. It doesn't matter. I drink it. It tastes awful. Milk doesn't help. Almond milk doesn't help. Oat milk doesn't help. Caramel crap doesn't help. It tastes like garbage. And I don't care. And instant coffee sucks too. 
And that's awful because of how far we have come in so many ways. <laughs> and coffee still tastes like garbage. Wow. Okay. I have a counter argument to this. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> Which is that hot coffee is the superior type of coffee, but tea is the best form of caffeination and is above coffee in the caffeination period. Pyramid. Uh, okay 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 but hear me out hear me out as somebody who is perpetually cold cold coffee is pub cold drinks in general are public enemy number one unless they are kombucha public enemy number one and i'm afraid if i drink coffee then my mind would go into overstimulation and i'd be able to like see shrimp colors or something i have this problem where I drink coffee even though I'm not supposed to. And then I like, um, it's not like I don't sleep. I don't sleep in general very well on my own. I have to like do stuff to help. But um, now like when I drink coffee, I've gotten to a point, even though I'm literally 19 years old, like I'll drink coffee and it like doesn't affect me anymore <laughs> because I used to drink like, a macchiato which is like so much espresso and like I would drink that before school and um one time I had a this is also why I'm able to talk this long and not stop but <laughs> also I had one time I had a Starbucks like double shot espresso like iced canned drink and I was like, I want this. And my mom was like, you shouldn't drink that. And I was like, I don't care. I'm whatever. <laughs> and so I drank the whole thing before school, the entire thing. And I had never had anything like that before. And <laughs> I literally was in study hall in the cafeteria and I was sitting there. And I swore I could like feel people breathing down my neck. I was having a panic attack and it was so <laughs> bad. And I went to the front office. I left the the cafeteria. I was like, get me the heck out of here. And I went to the front office and I said, I need to be alone. You need to give me a room to be alone right now. And they were like, we can't do that like legally like we have to be with you to make sure you're fine I was like if you don't give me a room to myself right now bad things are gonna happen and they were like okay and so they were like here's your room like just let us know if you need anything and they just left me alone so is coffee good for me no it gave me a panic attack at school probably more than that that but I can't remember so <laughs> my opinions on coffee are not good because I drink it when I shouldn't, but I just love it so much and I don't know why. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, one time in study hall, um, I think somebody else may have had a similar experience to you, which is you're all just sitting in study hall. We were all just, you know, just chilling as you do in study hall and then not actually studying, obviously. And then out of nowhere, this girl who's usually like just sort of super cool, very sassy kind of girl just bursts out crying. And we're all like, oh, my God, are you OK? What's wrong? 
And she just starts apologizing over and over to this one guy who she's like got this teasing thing going on with for being so mean to him all the time. And we're panicking. And somebody's like, I think she's on drugs. Guys, I think she's on drugs. And she was like, I've drank like four cups of coffee this morning. And we were all like, oh God, oh no, oh God, oh no. And somebody else was like, yelling like useless medical advice like quick make sure she doesn't choke on her tongue and stuff like that and I was like what are you doing for coffee overdose google google and then somebody I don't know who but somebody got the brilliant idea of like okay let's just what if we just had her drink some water and eventually got her to stop crying long enough to drink some water and then she calmed down and then she refused to talk to any of us for the rest of study hall (laughs) (laughs) nice nice It was one of the most, like, and, oh, and the teacher did nothing this whole time, by the way. We thought, we thought, we thought this girl was dying. The teacher did nothing. So I only spent one semester in high school, public high school, and, but it was a charter school, and this was the second year they were open, so they were still trying to figure out the how to be a school thing, which was great. Oh, dear. Because you could get away with so much stuff. It was amazing. Anyway, (laughs) they had a coffee pot in the cafeteria just out and for the first month or so of school students could go get coffee from the school cafeteria oh and then they were like one day during morning announcements they were like and we are sorry to announce that we will no longer be providing coffee for students it is now for staff only and (laughs) was mass (laughs) mutiny and then eventually i think they also took away the hot water and the microwave, and we were all just like, <laughs> "Not the microwave." <laughs> I don't know. And because so then everybody would just show up to school in the morning with like a giant like Dunkin' Donuts. Usually, I think yeah. because we live in Maine. Um, <laughs> and it did nothing to lower the school's average caffeine consumption. It just like. <laughs> made all of the students angry and caffeine deprived it's just top top tier drama oh here's a good controversial question reheated coffee yay or nay yay i go yay because i like hot coffee and it's not that i dislike cold coffee i will drink it but there's not if i am not enough of a coffee aficionado that reheating it is just it's going to be Close enough. And folks, okay. let's consider the rainforest here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You have been listening to Out Maine's youth-led podcast, LGBT Time, with Chuck on WERU-FM 89.9.